Hello, Geeks of the Galaxy, and welcome to another Geeks Crossing Podcast. I'm Eric. I'm Matt. And I'm Nick. Here to give you all the best geek-related content you could ask for. And today, we're going to be talking about probably the only good thing that's going to come out of the MCU's Phase 5, let's be real. <laughs> True, though. That, of course, being Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, if the intro didn't give it away. Mm-hmm. Or the title. <laughs> Kind of want to play devil's advocate here real quick. I think, honestly, I'm actually in- excited for Secret Invasions, but that's a totally another... Oh, interesting. Yeah, but we can save that for another time. Which projects of the... Uh, projects, excuse me. Which projects in the MC are we actually not dreading? It'll be like a five-minute video. <laughs> True. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the future crap. We're here to talk about something that just came out. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I mean, we'll get into it. But like Eric said, I thought this was pretty, pretty, pretty good. Uh, should we go around with our, our numbers maybe to start off? Sure. Sure. Where are we all? Now, what are we basing it off of? Okay, just as a movie or as a Marvel movie, where do you have it? Just like in general. Uh, probably like seven or eight. Okay. I was going to say, I think I'm a seven as well. A seven. Ca- I'm a cautious seven. Which I mean, I guess we'll discuss the problems and good things and bad things and whatever with the movie as time goes on. For me, I think the highest a moment ago is an 8, but at the same time, I feel kind of bad breaking it so low because it's a Guardians movie. Probably somewhere between a 7 and 8, maybe a 7.5 just to keep it even, you know what I mean? Okay, so we're actually all on fairly even ground here. Nobody's saying it's a 10 and no one's saying it's a (laughs) 5. So we're in the middle where we think it's a pretty darn good movie. Um, So what should we talk about first? Spoilers. Oh, yes, yes. Good, thank you, Nick. Maz, a spoiler warning, if you are listening to this podcast because you want a film suggestion, uh, no. <laughs> Go watch it first. This is a review, not a film suggestion. I was going to say, maybe we should start off with a plot because that's how we usually start off these episodes. And Matt, since you're the most articulate member of Geeks Crossing, you should have the honor of doing it. I didn't prepare anything. Bum, so. Bum. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off, um, the Guardians are still on Nowhere, which is kind of a deep cut, but they've been there since the events of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. And Adam Warlock comes crashing in, beating them up, fighting them because of the events of Guardians 2, I think we're led to believe. Uh, although it may have something to do with the High Evolutionary. Rocket is badly injured, and his Guardian friends realize that, oh, he's cybernetically enhanced. We have to go to the place that built him to fix him. Otherwise, like, if we try to use our own methods, he has, like, a kind of a, a kill switch in his body. So whoever kind of invented him, his DNA won't get out and be used by somebody else. So they go on this grand adventure to save Rocket, coming across the path of the High Evolutionary who first created him. Um, Coming across Gamora, obviously, or rather 2014 Gamora, who has made a new life for herself now. Um, And all the way, the Guardians learn the true meaning of friendship, as they always do. As they try to save Rocket's life. And we learn a lot more about how Rocket ended up the way that he did through a variety of flashbacks. Because this movie is also, big drumroll please, the Rocket Raccoon origin story. (gasps) Yeah, that's basically what this movie is. Rocket's backstory. But there's more to that, obviously. Yeah, obviously. It's not the Guardians of the Galaxy want to go return the warrant animal product and the inventors pissed off about it it's a lot deeper than that a a lot actually because that's probably one of my main criticisms of the movie which i guess we'll get to when we talk about the plot i just find it very overstuffed 
Like this movie had a lot of stuff it wanted to do. Uh, with all fairness, I mean, this is the last Guardians movie. Uh, at least the last like gun original team Guardians of the Galaxy movie. And so they clearly had a lot of ideas that had been set up. They wanted to explore Rocket's origin story. They wanted to introduce Adam Warlock. They wanted to introduce the Ravagers, who were reunited at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy 2, but no one remembers that. (laughs) Um, We have new Gamora. We have a lot. And they had to end the Guardians. Like, they had to break up the Guardians. So there was just a lot they wanted to do in this movie. So I think a lot of my criticism for the plot is it just feels overstuffed at some points because of all that. But we'll get more into that, I guess, as we talk. Actually, thinking about it, you're right, Matt. They crammed so much material into this one movie alone that, I don't know, I just felt a little overwhelmed. Yeah. Nick, what are your thoughts on this movie's plot? Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. They tried, they tried to really pack in a lot in this movie, which is, like, where it can definitely get lost. Yeah. Honestly, it, I know James Gunn kind of makes jokes in air quote with like his movies. Like sometimes it's not meant to be taken serious. But I thought the High Evolutionary was a better villain than Kang. No, I agree. Without I agree. question. I I should say we're we're we are uh, more MCU fans. I I think arguably, or at least we were before things turned to crap. So when we say that, we mean we think the MCU High Evolutionary is better than MCU Kang. Oh yeah, really yeah, true, cool. True, true. But no, no, I agree with you. I think this depiction. In this universe, High Evolutionary is infinitely more interesting. One of my favorite scenes in this movie is him listening to the classical music while Rocket is, like, passing the test. And Rocket's like, oh, is this, what is this? Oh, this is music. Do we like it? Yes, we do. And he starts talking about his goal. He wants a more perfect world. Just such an interesting villain. Probably the most interesting villain in a a decent chunk of movies and shows. Oh, but the feels, man, when Rocket's girlfriend died in front of him. Oh, holy cow. Yeah. Honestly, like, I hate when movies do that. Like, I kind of wish that they built more. Because, like, with Eternals, like, I I didn't care, like, if people died. Like, it was definitely heartbreaking to see, like, animal testing and this and that. Like, it was extremely depressing. But, like, when they die, I'm like, I kind of figured, because if they were alive, where are they? No, I, I agree to an extent. But you also get to keep in mind, when one of the members of the Eternals dies, I'm like, okay, you're just a bunch of nobodies I just met who suck. I don't really care. But when Rocket's, like, friends die, it's like, I don't know, we, we know Rocket, we love Rocket, so it's like, we almost feel his pain, we connect with him, and how, yeah. and like, I don't know, that's at least what I took from it, especially when he's having that, like, uh, approaching the light scene, where he looks and, and he's dying, and he sees Lila and his friends, it's like, oh. Did anyone think he was gonna die there? Because honestly, I was like, holy cow, are they actually gonna I, kill him in the middle of the movie? I, oh, no. I, I completely thought he was dead because like yeah it makes sense he's he's at the pearly gates yeah marvel kind of i i I don't know half of me wanted to be like yo kind of good kind of like not because i kind of wish marvel would take those leaps into killing off major characters in like solo movies instead of being like oh here's avengers like endgame and three people die yeah that, that annoyed me. I remember that was one of my big annoyances. Everyone was like, holy cow, so many people died in Infinity War. And I was like, oh, I can't wait to see it. And I watched it. And then the end scene happened. And I was like, oh, well, they all, they're all going to come back. Like, these are all major characters. They're all going to come back. But yeah, you're right. Like, just characters dying for good is interesting. Which I guess kind of leads into Gamora, uh, who is who was supposed to be killed for good. And in many ways, kind of was. What did you think about how this movie handled Gamora? When she was like, I bet we were fun. I was like, oh. 
That's so mean. Yeah. yeah. Heartstrings pull. Because, like, they were so wholesome together. They he, were. Like, he taught her, and he taught, or she taught him, and he taught her. Yeah. There was, like, so many levels to that relationship that I really liked. I really liked how the movie didn't take the easy way out of just immediately making her back to, like, oh, it's just, like, good old Gamora that we knew and loved. Like, no, that Gamora's dead. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Honestly, if they did that, this movie would have been ranked lower for me because it would be too cliche, but I'm glad they didn't go that direction. Yeah. Yeah. What did you guys think of Adam Warlock? See, he was a lot of fun, and every t- I-, I really liked the idea of He's this epic, like, super powerful dude. Like, it takes the entire Guardians working together just to inflict a little bit of pain on him. And he regenerates almost immediately after. And I like that um, it's like, oh, he was taken out too early, so he's kind of, like, still a baby. Like, he has the mind of a a child almost. Yeah, that was good. Um, Fun character, but that's where I mean when I say this movie was overstuffed. They sprinkled him in. He probably has, like, what, two minutes of screen time in the movie? Like, he shows up at the beginning, he gets his butt kicked, he shows up in the middle, gets his butt kicked, and then he shows up at the end. And, like, that's Adam Warlock in this movie. I liked, um, well, no, I didn't like, but kind of more, especially with the build-up with Guardians, I think, too. At the post credit scene, you see, like, uh, I forget her name, she's the... The Sovereign Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever her name is. You queen see her, sovereign. like, all depressed, she has her hair, like, messed up, and she's just eyeballing this cocoon being like this is our savior this is what we were meant to be i'll name him adam and then he comes out kind of goofy which again he was taken out too early in air quotes literally murders someone with his laser vision it feels bad for a little dog (laughs) well no he doesn't feel bad for it at first he's like oh it's crying i'm not sure how to feel about that and then he goes to love it oh man that did make me laugh my ass off when she was like show him how we do business yeah (laughs) yeah just incinerates that guy right in front of the dog thing. <laughs> How could I have been any clearer than that? <laughs> I don't know. Part of me wishes that maybe Adam should have had his own movie or like a Guardians movie dedicated to him so that way he's yes. more flushed out. But... He had to share the spotlight with the High Evolutionary which was not fair to him because he could have been a baddie in Guardians 3 or whatever. An alternate Guardians 3 that wasn't about Rocket's origin story and then Guardians 4 is about Rocket's origin story or something like that. Because here's another thing that doesn't make sense. At the beginning of the movie, when he, like, lands on nowhere, is it supposed to be like, ah, I finally got you for how you screwed over the Sovereigns? Because if that's true, if that's true, this movie takes place, like, eight years after Guardians 2 in the Marvel timeline. So did it just take him a really long time to come and visit? Or is it because High Evolutionary took him out, like, he was supposed to be in that egg for another, like, ten years or something? I don't know. But questions abound. Add that to the many things that don't make sense in the MCU anymore. True. And there's a lot of them, and I do not want to go into full detail. This might have been a minor gripe just for me. I'm curious what you guys thought about this. I was really hoping to see more of Gamora and Nebula reckoning with the death of Thanos. Like, this is the first time we've seen them since their father died. And, like, their father was a blight on the universe, killed trillions. And I think they only reference him once for a joke. Like... I don't know. I, I think I would have liked to have heard a little bit more about what they think about Thanos. And like this Nebula, her true Thanos' last words to him were, perhaps I judged you too harshly. Like she's not like a little bit like there could have been room for some sort of conflict, I feel like, with Nebula at least. Could have just been me. I would have found something like that a little bit cool. I don't know. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. I guess uh, it's because we're in what? Phase five and Thanos is kind of irrelevant now, but. Oh, completely. I get- 
I get what you mean, Matt. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's his daughter. It's like you you'd think they'd feel something. Maybe we should have had something that came out not long after Endgame in the timeline. So I want to bring up the F bomb first. Holy cow, Marvel! I could oh, I yeah. couldn't believe that. I realized how weird it was when I heard it, but only I only later figured it out. It's the very first F bomb in the entire MCU. Fun fact: it was also like unscripted. <laughs> And it was absolutely perfect, I think. It, it fits. the like. I think it was a perfect. Guardi- a Guardians movie for the first ever one. It, it just fits. It's just right. <laughs> that was one of the funniest scenes in the movie. How many of us have had trouble opening a car door? That was too perfect. Yeah, I just also love that it's like futuristic techno nebula being forced to confront with these weird old 70s car door locks that no, I mean, I don't think any of us have ever seen something like that. So, oh, it was perfect. Actually, that's another thing I want to bring up. The humor. And now there are great moments in this movie. Like, the, the F-bomb literally caught me off guard, and I was just laughing hysterically. Sometimes Drax got annoying with his, like, stupidity. They kind of made him really, really dumb in this movie. I don't want to just keep crapping on this movie, because I do like it, but it is, I don't know, in my opinion, it's the weakest Guardians movie. I don't know if you guys agree with that. No, but I think Guardians 2 is kind of boring. But I think Guardians 2 is more solid, and I just love the ego stuff so much. Um, and I don't, I don't know this, everyone seems a little bit more flanderized. Like you said, like, Drac is just the dumb guy now, and that's kind of sad, especially if you watch Guardians 1. He takes everything literally, which makes him really funny, but he's not an idiot. We're gonna break in and kill a bunch of people. No, we're that's... not gonna kill anyone. Fine, right, we're gonna kill, kill one, one guy. One stupid-looking guy. <laughs> one stupid guy who no one loves. <laughs> that's a good scene. Drax, get your feet off the couch. It's <laughs> There are many times where I was just laughing. You are in love with Drax. I am in love with Drax. <laughs> you do this every time. <laughs> hey, yeah. I don't see you around before. <laughs> just Drax's like, the most embarrassed expression on his face. Mantis still had her moments, though. She did. Mantis is, like, OP. I never realized that she's, like, really, really powerful. Like, if I could have any MCU hero's power at this point, I might, as- I might just say Mantis. Walking oh. up to someone and being like, oh, you love me you want to give me all your money you want whatever you want to give me a ride you will sponsor this podcast (laughs) (laughs) perfect that's genius (laughs) i I feel like this movie did try and fit in a lot of things yeah again i feel like the decision to disband came out of absolutely nowhere yeah i was like yeah what the hell like it's it's just a normal adventure for them they save a bunch of animals and babies and then it's just like hey i have to have a meeting yeah we're done i'm breaking up the team i have to go back to earth and no one ever says, can't we just go back to Earth with you? Or can't you just go back to Earth for a bit and then come back? <laughs> like, like I, you, I have, under- you have to quit. I would understand Nebula, or not Nebula, um, Mantis walking away. Because, like, her reason was, I never knew who I was. She was always, like, Ego's thing. Then she became the Guardian's thing. I thought she, she never... liked being the Guardian's, though. Like, she... I, I never got the vibe that she joined the Guardian's because she felt like she had to. No, definitely not. But, like, I kind of understand where she would want to kind of maybe go out and, like find out who she is yeah but aka they want to put mantis in some future mcu story and uh they don't need they don't want to have all the other actors and actresses come i kind of do also like enjoy the concept that you really can just walk away from the superhero life like yeah in every marvel movie like i'm pretty sure they're like once you're a hero like this is it you gotta be what you are where the guardians are like you know what i'm kind of bored you guys we know mantis is going to be back to the superhero life though um, so yeah, and then Drax and Nebula both are t- Drax, I get. I like how Drax's ending is he finally has more like more daughters to take care of after he lost the one he loved, which has inspired him to fight in the first place. 
I kind of like that. Nebula, I'm not really sure, like, if that worked for me as much, I guess. Peter Quill was just a weird one where it was just like, yeah, uh, I just wanted to announce everybody, I'm breaking up the team. <laughs> Bye. I want to go, go home and hang out with my 80-year-old grandpappy. Bruh, I was like, no freaking way this guy's still alive. Yeah. Because according to Quill, people on Earth die when they're like 50. <laughs> Are you going to die? I'm not 50. <laughs> and I was like, well, damn. I have 25 years left. That was a good run. Wait, actually, we all have 25 years left. Yeah. Well, 25 in a bit. Okay, Matt, I hear you. I'm the youngling. Well, technically, Keith is the youngest at all four of us, but Rude he's ass. not here at the moment now, is he? True that. Well, we love he's you, here, but he's not here, if you know what I mean. He's here in spirit. He's in our we hearts. Oh, what did you guys think of the Yondu, ca- uh, the Yondu cameo in this movie? Honestly, I really forget, so it's kind of forgettable. <laughs> so I, li- sad, you know, I forgot, where, wait, where is this cameo? When the mutant war animals are invading uh, nowhere in the climax of the movie, and Kraglin has to like learn to dig deep and control the arrow, uh, and Yondu yeah. like, appears to him. It's like, from your heart, bro. From your heart, boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I liked I've... Kraglin and Cosmo in this movie. I think they did a good job of introducing them as kind of tertiary uh, guardians. And building them up, and like we care about them, they're cool. I yeah, felt bad. Like he kept calling her a bad dog, and I was like, <laughs> she's a good dog. Yeah, don't be mean to the puppy. <laughs> I like it. That's why I feel like could have done more. Like, I would have loved to see it, especially a like telekinetic dog thing. Yeah, holy cow, it can hold a spaceship in place. Like, this is one powerful dog. But we will see more of Cosmo if, if the uh, ending of this movie is to be believed. He's, she's going to be a part of the new generation of Guardians. Actually, that's one thing I want to bring up. Even though they confirmed this is going to be the last Guardians move, that doesn't mean they can't continue more projects. Maybe yeah. we can have a series of shorts, like what the Guardians have been doing after this movie. Well, yeah, we, we know some final appearances. As far as we know, Gamora, Nebula, and Drax are done. They're not coming back. The, the actors and actresses said this is their last movie. Which is very bittersweet. But Peter's coming back. Said Star-Lord's coming back. And we know for a fact that Rocket and Groot and their new iteration of the Guardians, consisting of Adam Warlock, Kraglin, uh, Cosmo, and one of the girls they saved from High Evolutionary's ship, who apparently is a comic character. I just don't remember her name. But yeah, we'll see them again. There might be another Guardians movie, but it's just like the only thing they've confirmed is no more. Like James Gunn's done with them. And that classic team is done. But there could be a Guardians War, or like something like uh, how there's going to be a new Captain America movie, but we all know it's not really a new Captain America movie. It's just Falcon. It's going to be like, oh, well, it's not really the same Guardians, but it's still Guardians. Honestly, I will love a miniseries or a series of shorts about Star-Lord trying to adapt to Earth now. Like, imagine his 80-year-old grandfather trying to teach him how to use an iPhone. (laughs) That actually would be pretty funny. What if you think they're setting up Star-Lord to be an Avenger? That would be nuts. I could see him coming in every now and then as an ally, but... Because he's on Earth now, I don't know. He could be an Avenger, but I'm not sure. Well, Nick, what do you think? Star-Lord, potential Avenger? Well, no. Chris Pratt is still one of the hottest actors in Hollywood in terms of just how many people like just find him awesome and, and talented. So I feel like it's possible that they're just preparing for a new stage in his role in the MCU and not just gearing towards writing him out in general i really don't know when i saw star lord will return i was like where i'm, I'm actually kind of curious like where they're going to use him i don't know there's just so many possibilities they can go with actually if the mcu is any way to go it's going to be 
he's going to train a quippy, young, snarky apprentice to be the new Star-Lord. And we re- it's revealed that the old Star-Lord sucked the whole time. Oh my god, Matt, don't give him any ideas. There's <laughs> evil. <laughs> oh, sorry, I just no, I really... in my throat. Matt, sounds like you have a bad case of marbleitis. Yeah. Constant symptoms, coughing, and fatigue. Yeah, coughing, fatigue, drowsiness while watching Marvel movies. <laughs> Questioning what's left of your sanity. Yep. Yeah, marbleitis is a real condition, folks. Better yep. Be careful. Um, I have not touched upon my probably my least favorite part of this whole damn movie, um, and that was Peter Quill's death scene fake out. How many times is this guy gonna die in space? No, but the best was when he did it in Guardians 1. It was because he gave his helmet to Gamora to save yeah. her. He had his helmet and just chose not to use it, to my knowledge. That is true. He never uses it in this movie, but he has it. So he I, just decides, like, oh, man, I guess I'll just die in space and not use my mask. So the audience can gasp for a few minutes. I guess they completely threw out the, the sensitive nipples for Drax. Yeah, he just has a shirt now. Like, yeah. Listen, they got to sell a new Funko Pop, so forget what James Gunn wrote two like years ago. I guess the writers figured uh, his first fake out scene was what? Almost 10 years ago? No one's going to remember it. Oh, we, were, we did. We, we did. did. And we realize that this one's even less believable. Exactly. More rehashes. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Fun time. Anything we haven't brought up? What did yeah. we think about the high evolutionary, like the, the, the concept thing where he's like, if the world's imperfect, he just blows it up? Oh, people were like, yeah, people were debating that, I realized. Because the thinking is, why doesn't he just keep them around and just keep watching? Because that's trillions of dollars he must have poured into that. Like, that's got to be trillions to build an entire Earth-sized, civilized planet. Did he build the Sovereign? And he built the Sovereign, yes. They did reference that. And some other civilizations, too, that we don't actually see. When you realize that, if you remember in Guardians 2, the batteries that that the Sovereign have are worth, like, millions of credits on the market, I kind of see where he gets his funding. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's probably got his toes dipped in a lot of markets. The fact that he just blew up a world casually, that's messed up stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. I hate that kind of just used him for a solo movie and then we're like, dead. yeah, he's dead. Oh, uh, we never see him die. They could just write him out. They could have it be like, oh, he was prepared for that. He had this evolutionary blah, 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 blah. But oh, I'm, uh, I'm pretty oh, sure he's supposed to be dead. Palpatine's alive. <laughs> yeah. Somehow high evolutionary returned. <laughs> oh, my God. Stop. <laughs> I'm still waiting for somehow Thanos returned. Like, I'm just waiting for the point where they're like, Oh, nothing's selling anymore. Let's just bring back Thanos. Then that would mean Iron Man sacrificed himself for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like just... how Darth Vader sacrificed himself for nothing. <laughs> so overall, Guardians 3, still a great movie. Sure, I was a bit overwhelmed with how much content they provided, but I think it did a solid job wrapping things up. And I am cautiously optimistic what directions they're going to go with now, but... If you've seen the MCU's current track record, I'm not keeping my hopes up too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Half of me is excited for like some upcoming projects, like Secret Invasions again. Um, potentially about to be shit on hardcore, but I'm kind of thinking about the Marvels. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a very controversial thing because okay. I, I did like Miss Marvel. With did you really? Kind of. I thought it was goofy kind of a fresh thing for marvel to do so i kind of enjoyed it well I'm perfect not... we got nick's first solo coming up because he's gonna be the only one in the podcast that sees that damn movie. 
It's the misogyny in this group chat for me. <laughs> <laughs> Is it sad that I forgot the Marvels was a thing? No. After Ant-Man 3 lost, like, a butt-ton of money and plummeted in the uh, opinion polls, I guess, um, they pushed that sucker back. They were like, okay, fix the script, fix the script. It's coming out in November now. It was supposed to come out in, like, June, I think. And they pushed it all the way back to November because they're doing damage control. Like, crap, this is going to be another box office drop. Um, but anyway, my final verdict, you know, we, I like to rib on this movie. It is, in my opinion, the worst Guardians movie, but it is still good. It's still packed with a lot of heart, a lot of cool action scenes, a lot of good comedy. Oh, that um, that still shot scene where it's like four minutes of all the Guardians fighting in High Evolutionary Ship. That's one of the coolest shots, I think, in at least the recent MCU. Where it like cuts to all of them and what they're doing and how they're all like playing off each other. To the tune of No Sleep Till Brooklyn. Which means that this is the second movie starring Chris Pratt as a protagonist that has no yes, sense of Brooklyn in it. I love, I love that meme. <laughs> That's a good meme. But I remember for years, really since 2021, I've been saying, okay, I'm interested and in, I'm invested in the MCU till Guardians 3, and then I'll see what happens. And it kind of delivered. The Guardians were my intro to the MCU. It's bittersweet seeing them all depart. I wish they'd written it a little bit better. No deaths or anything like that, which is kind of crazy. I know a lot of people were expecting deaths. Like Nick, there is some cautious optimism I have for the future of the MCU. Not the mainline stuff. I think that's all going to be dog poo. But um, I am excited to see Spider-Man again. And I am still excited to see what the Guardians have in the store. I want to see if James Gunn's formula can be captured without James Gunn. I mean, it kind of was an Infinity War and Endgame. I thought the Guardians were written well in that movie without James Gunn. So maybe there is some sort of future to these characters that is still really good. Uh, I look forward to finding out. Nick, did you give your final verdict? Yeah, 7 out of 10, would see again. It was uh, honestly a roller coaster of emotions. I definitely enjoyed it. There were some moments where I was just like, eh, this is kind of dragging on. But I, overall, I really enjoyed it. And it's sad to see that the, the Guardians are leaving. For now. You never know what they're going to come up with, for better feel- or worse. <gasps> what about Groot finally speaking? Holy shit, we almost missed that. <laughs> that was oh, just such a freaking meme. That was fucking insane. You yeah, guys know why uh, why he, he spoke, apparently, right? You guys know. Why? Uh, apparently, this was confirmed from, like, James Gunn, I think. But the reason we understood why he speaks is because, like, we, the audience, are now part of, the, like, Marvel, like, Guardians. And I thought that that was kind of really wholesome. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I hope he gets an F-bomb. I really hope he does. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, but anyway, to those of you watching, what do you think of Guardians Volume 3? Let us know on our Discord server or DM us on Instagram at Geeks Crossing. Continue to listen to us on all available listening platforms such as Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, or whatever platform you prefer. Check us out on Twitch at Eman the Legendary, Nuclear Bacons, Cryptog Games, and Carabyte. Also, tell your friends and family about us, especially any Marvel fans you know. Thank you for listening and stay true to your geek selves. Bye bye.